What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. It's only a two-man show tonight. It's me and Matt. How are you doing, man? Doing all right. It's been a good week. I've been, you know, out handling my business, uh, and it's been a good time. Yeah, it has been. It has been a good time. Um, You've been handling your business, Elliot? Yeah, I have been. I've been taking care of what I need to take care of, handling, right. you know, um, making sure that I handle the package with care. Um, exactly exactly (laughs) um man we're gonna talk about uh different ways how you can take care of your packages with care and handle them um because it definitely did (laughs) that that sounds that sounds a little uh yeah phrasing issues there it sounded like a manscaped commercial which who's not a sponsor of ours but they were i think emmy needs to get manscaped to be a sponsor of his soon yeah or Allstate. yeah you know but yeah, man, it was a good game. Um, a great first of all, let's talk about the crowd. Another sellout for the Richmond Kickers, 5k plus. I think, but he, I think Nate said it was like uh 52 almost, 70 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Yeah, so, so not tech, not technically sell. I think their technical sellers are 6k. Uh, but I mean, if, if we're being real, City Stadium, they can probably just sell as many tickets as they want because you can just, uh, with it all being bench seating, you can just. Yeah, you know, be like, all right, well, the seats instead of you know, you know, twenty five inches are now twenty three inches, and we can fit another four hundred people in here if we want to, yeah, et cetera. Or everybody stands on the concourse like a lot of people do anyway. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if they get to the point where they're like, all right, like if we have a home playoff game. Well, let me change that. When we have a home playoff game, if they take down the um, the signage on the other side, it kind of like be like, all right, we're gonna sell these seats now. I think right. that it would go up to like seven k. They could. I have a feeling that's probably paid for for the year. So uh, you know, probably. I don't. I don't know if that. You know the. Uh, you know, pro con side of that. You know, works out financially for them to do that. Yeah, probably not. It's just you know, just a good thought. But also, man, Section O was rocking and whatnot. We had a. <laughs> Hornsby has his own cheering section, which is pretty cool to see. Well, I mean, everybody has their own cheering section, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I had a little baby come to I was like, I've never seen y'all before. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Well, more of the Marion. More L- the, Marian. the ladies love Michael Hornsby. So yeah. do I. <laughs> you do, man. Um, but yeah, it's a good win. Richmond got a one nothing win. Over Chattanooga, the team that uh, came here last October and kind of nope, nope. <laughs> We're still nope. not bringing it up. Still not bringing it up. I, it's funny we, enough we, to we say that. Twenty twenty two in the past. <laughs> it's funny enough because I even asked like Dakota after the game. I was like, you know, I know it's not the same Chattanooga team from this year, but it, like, is this a like a, a good victory, like a good revenge game? Because I heard the commentary afterwards, kind of like building this game up as a revenge game. And Dakota was like, yeah, it's good. It's always good to stick in the Chattanooga, but it's not the same team. It's only three guys returning. And I think the only one that would possibly start was um, Lombardi. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's good to kind of stick in the Chattanooga. So, you know, yeah. some good things to take away from it. At the end of the day, you know, three points against a team that – if we want this, you know, the kickers to actually be something uh, this year in terms of uh, you know, contending, whether that's for a home playoff game or you know for you know, even higher, uh, you, know, you know, higher standings and get a buy or even you know, challenge for the league, and that's a game that they had to win, and yeah. you know they got the they got the job done. Can I ask you like I saw you did make that tweet about like this is a game like if Richmond wants to contend for a home playoff spot, like. Why would this game matter? I'm just asking, like, why would this game matter towards having a home playoff spot? Yeah, I think if we're looking at, you know, how the league is breaking down so far, because we're about a third of the way through the league right now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, fair to say, you know, you've got, 
you know, North Carolina, you've got Charlotte. I'm going to put Northern Colorado up there. And, you know, we'll leave us out entirely from the conversations, just not get into the, the weeds of it all. But those three kind of like a, you know, the top tier of not us teams, right? Yeah. And then you got a, just a bunch of interchangeable teams. And I think you got Fuego, Lexington, and Chattanooga seemingly a step or two behind everyone, right? Yeah. I think right. you got to cash those you know, points, especially those points at home against the bottom teams, if you want to have any realistic you know, you know, chance of you know, getting you know, what you want at the end of the year. You, oh. you figure you might not get as much from you know that, that top tier, and then you know it'll be a dogfight in the middle because it's always a dogfight in the middle, mm-hmm. right? But you know, if you're because I look at you know past years where we were just donating points to North Carolina. And you know that you know, had us chewing our fingernails on the last day of the 2021 season because oh, of that. That that was a day. That was a time. Um, right. and, and they were absolute trash that year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely see the logic we're just saying about that. Like winning the games like this against Chattanooga, Foyo, and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're thinking that this week is probably a really important week with Noco and Foyo on the road, but. Yeah, we'll I mean, get into that. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's focus on this game, man. One nothing win against Chattanooga. Um, Richmond came out. First of all, um, let's talk about this midfield that seemed really, really unique. I I, I will say this, I called it. Yep. <laughs> I called it a lasting show. Um, Justice Suko, uh, Jao Gamero, and Neil Vignos start in the midfield. Um, this is one of my positive points, so I'm already losing one already. But Go for let's it. talk about – yeah, let's, I, I was relatively surprised. Um, it's a midfield that I don't mind seeing again, but I wouldn't want to see it against top-tier opposition, if that makes sense. Like, I wouldn't want to see it against, like, Northern Colorado or uh, North Carolina or Charlotte. Mm-hmm. The only reason being is because it's a very attacking midfield. Like, it's very – it's a very up the field. Um, Suko, who came in for Zaka, kind of played his role. He does a great job of getting the ball forward and whatnot. But I think what and you saw it in this game, uh, the thing that Justin kind of lacks behind on is kind of just keeping the ball circulating. Like you see how a lot of times Justin will get the ball and he wants to scan the field. He wants to look for that next pass on a long ball. Zaka will kind of just get the ball to feel like, all right, I'm passing it on, I'm passing it on. And he kind of just worked the ball up the field that way, even kind of like in the second half, where I think if like Zaka's there, we don't find ourselves so much stuck in the our own defensive half. Nothing, I mean, now Charlotte, I mean, Chattanooga, not Charlotte, Chattanooga only had one shot on target the entire match. So it didn't hurt us. But I think like if Zaka's there, Zaka's able to get collect a lot of those balls and pass them on. Like, just keep the ball moving up the field. It kind of slow down the field where Justin is kind of, I want to get on the ball. I want to scan. I want to look at the field. And sometimes in the first half, he got his pocket picked by doing that. You know, it didn't result in anything dangerous, but, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> you didn't realize what's happening. There's d- different players, right? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think that's fine. And I, I think I would agree. I'm not opposed to seeing this midfield again, but I think it's a good midfield if it's a game where – uh, you know, Darren and you know, Mika and Connor foresee uh, the team really uh, controlling a lot of possession and you know, dictating pace. You know things. Uh, you know, but if it's a game where hey, we might be you know doing a little bit you know, more defending, or it's maybe just a you know balanced fifty fifty type of game. I think Zaka does fit there a little bit you know, better. Like you said, he's uh, you know I think a little bit you know quicker on cycling the ball you know around. Uh, he's not going to you know look to carry it quite as much. Uh, you know, as uh, you know, Justin does. Uh, but yeah, it's good to know that you know should you know Zaka get hurt or you know he'll probably pick up a yellow card suspension at some point later in the year. You know that uh, we can basically just slide the other two guys back a level. You know and you know, be able to you know, make do with the midfield. Yeah, able to make do with it and able to also. I don't know. Like. I, if you look at the way how Chattanooga was set up, he was giving us all the space on the wings, man. Like, mm-hmm. Bentley had a field day. Belmar had a field day. Simon and uh, Hornsby, they had all kinds of space out there in the wings. Like, if you were to tell me this was 
a Chattanooga team, I would automatically thought like, oh, they're gonna be very physical. I mean, granted, they were physical. Yeah, they're gonna try to check that box. Yeah, they checked that box. Not in a good way. Um, but then, like they were gonna spread the field wide and they were gonna like I always think about like that. What was that game? I think it was 2021, that game against Chattanooga where we could not get out of our own half. If we just kept getting pinned in and pinned in and pinned in and we couldn't get out. Um, I, I always think about that Chattanooga and to see what Chattanooga is now. Also, let's take a moment. Let's talk about their head coach. And the scarf and suit combo looks like a used car salesman. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess we can't throw too many stones about coaches going for signature looks. Uh, you know, because you know, Darren has his you know all black gimmick you know, that he does even on you know, you know, middle of summer day games and everything. So yeah, yeah there's that. Uh yeah, I think any individual piece of uh, – I don't even remember what the guy's – I think it's like Ziggy some nonsense. <laughs> Nobody cares what his name is. Uh, yeah, I think any one of those pieces could work. I think it's the scarf plus the like – you know, not quite salmon color, but not you know, like light pink color, somewhere in that middle range between those two. Yeah, uh, sport jacket. It just feels the combo weird. didn't work, I mean, and it might also just be his like absolute, you know, sh- you know, shiny bald shaved head, you know, that <laughs> tops the look. It does it feels like he's gonna give you soccer tactics and like a used Toyota uh, Camry? Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard the guy talk. He also just looks like he would you know have the most obnoxious British accent of all time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's actually from California because I feel like that's where everybody in Chattanooga is from. But yeah, I think he was the old coach at uh, um, the Nisa team, Albion, San Diego. I think he was their head coach last yeah. year, but whatever. Just yeah. um, showing tactics that ain't gonna work here, buddy. Because um, the way how the first half, Richmond in the first half, man, they they had some beautiful build up play, and this is actually my second positive point. Um, they had some beautiful build up play. I mean, you had Hornsby had. A, a good build-up to his shot on goal. Um, another good pass to Bitley that overlap. It was a lot of good build-up. Even the one I, I'm trying to think who had the shot. Uh, uh, Simon had the shot on goal that um, it was like two dummies building up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was some beautiful build-up play, man. I would have loved it if Simon scored that one, man. Or I would love to have anybody who scored more goals <laughs> uh, because there, there probably should have been more than one. In that first half, oh, yeah. but you know, going you know to your point of uh, you know the build-up play, yeah, I think it was really you know, impressive. That, you know, the guys were playing some you know, really good. You know, I, I hate this terminology, uh, but I think people know what I mean. But you know, proper soccer, yeah, with everything just building out of the back, you know, keeping the ball on the ground and you know, passing out you know of situations through you know Chattanooga. You know, I think uh, you know Zhao and Neil helped out a ton with that. You know, as well, uh, you know, showing for, you know, uh, Hornsby or Simon, you know, helping out, you know, Cole and Ani, uh, you know, with you know, some medium range passes, uh, but just you know, being that good connective tissue up to all three of the attacking players. And I think they all really contributed to the attack. Like we saw Emmy, you know, you know, drop in and, you know, you know, distribute straight out to the wings quite a few times. And you know, we saw, you know, the, you know, classic long diagonals going out, it's both wings, mm-hmm. uh, but it it looked like these guys practiced together a lot. It looks like they actually you know had uh, you know ideas of where everybody was going to be and what they wanted to accomplish, and you know it, it was coming off in that first half. Yeah, I, I mean that's one of the things like Darren talked about in his uh, post game interview was like, I, I mean, even, and granted we've been doing this podcast for a while, so we've seen it. Like year one, it was what he said it was like the defensive counter attacking. And then year two, it was we wanted to lay in like the long ball, like, getting it behind. Yeah. And then year three, it was the potent attack. And now this year, it's kind of like we want to build out the back and have those patterns of play. As you're seeing, you're seeing it happen. Even though to like, I mean, greatest fans, we get frustrated because we're thinking short term and we want our team to be the great best every single weekend. But if you kind of sit back and look at it, like every single year, this team has like wanted to do something and has worked on it. And by the end of the year, that finished product has paid off. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. But I mean, I think if you take that first half, 
granted, uh, like you said, we sh- it should have been more goals. Like this game should have been, if you at count, least at least I'll go three. Because Simon's shot, the Belmar one that he had. Um, Bentley should have had at least one. Yeah, so maybe three or four. And yeah. this game should have been put away. Well, let's talk about the one that one that yeah. was. Yeah, <laughs> the one that uh, you know. Um, now, granted, Lexington fans are on Twitter asking for VAR, and I quickly Hold said, on. "No, no, Hold no, no," <laughs> because if there was VAR, this goal would not have counted. Um, and the way how I did, dare say in his press conference with uh, Zach, let me score a goal. <laughs> score a goal. That's all he did. Um, yeah, so one nothing. Uh, Emiliano Trezaghi, he gets his 50th goal um, in a Richmond Kickers uniform. Um, that puts him third all-time in Richmond Kickers goal scoring. Uh, yeah, Robbie Krupp's on 64, yep. and Delhi's on, on 94, I think it is. Yeah. So. Um, Coming. Yeah, it is. Um, the goal came from a Jao Gamero, who's been an amazing uh, running form right now. Um, uh, a shot from him outside of the box. Uh, goalkeeper mishandles it. Emmy runs up to it. And <laughs> from – so at this point, I was at the press box. So it just looked like a scrappy goal. Like it looked like, oh, the ball just landed in his feet, and he just roosted it on the top net. It wasn't until I saw the replay <laughs> – uh, Emmy kind of smacks it with his hand, and it lands at his feet. What did you see, Matt? <laughs> well, again, real time, it's on the other end of the field. You can't really tell what's happening, what's going on. You know, it just looks like you know, balls bounce around in the box, and Emmy's eventually able to you know just roof it, you know, from like three yards out. Cool, I like it. And you, know, you see the Chattanooga players just all absolutely lose their minds, especially the goalkeeper. Oh yeah, which yeah, absolutely. I, at first, I thought they were you know, yelling for offside or something, which I mean, it would make sense. This team gets off, goes offside a lot, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, you watch the replay, and you know, look, you know, we saw that. Uh, if you look at some of the pregame photos, you saw that uh, you know both Meacham and uh, Palmquist were rocking you know the you know their jerseys for the NBA Finals and everything. It, maybe Emmy was inspired. Maybe, uh, you know, you're showing off his wingspan. Maybe that happens. Uh, and something about Argentinians and using hands in soccer. Yeah, I mean, Messi's know. done it. Maradona's done it. How Emmy? You know, Emmy, Emmy Martinez, great Argentine who uses his hands. Yeah, Emmy exactly. Terzaghi, great Argentine who may or may not, you know, have possibly had the ball. Touch his hand to help control. Yeah, and then he just turned and fired it right past the keeper. Who, uh, if the keeper you know, just makes a better save in the first place, none of this happens. So really, you know, homeboy needs to you know look in the mirror and look at the root cause of all this. Right. Um, it's also funny that because on that because uh, Gogan got a yellow card, and also uh, former ritual kicker Riley Kraft got a yellow card as well. So. Uh... It's good to see. Yeah, you know That's what? Probably the most action he's had all game. <laughs> I, if any of Chattanooga fans are actually listening to this, I don't feel bad for you all uh, because yeah, that doesn't even come close to you know fulfilling the receipt that you know we're owed you know from uh, refereeing choices at City Stadium against Chattanooga in previous years, namely, <laughs> namely the game that Elliot wanted to mention and we weren't allowing yeah, earlier. No. Yeah. So the, yeah, it's not even close to equitable, so I don't want to hear it. I think that game was permanently banned from now on. Being brought up, like we're, we're not, we're not talking about that. The season, we're not bringing that. Yeah, we, we play single table here in this league. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Richmond up at that point is up one nothing. Um, and you still, I mean, even still, I mean, after that, you still have Richmond still attacking. Like mm-hmm. once again, talking about the space that the team had, you know, Hornsby and Fitz. We're just able to get up and down the wings and cut inside. And Bentley, I, I want to take a moment to talk about Bentley because I asked Darren a question about, um, like, after the game, him and Bentley was walking over the section or they was having a conversation and whatnot. Um, for Bentley, man, you feel like he's, he's, like, on the cuffs of it. 
but he's mm-hmm. not there yet. Like it just feels like we're watching Jonathan Bolaño season one. You feel what I'm saying? Like a little I, bit. I mean, it's, it's not exactly the same. I, I get what you're going for, though. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try and take the the positive spin, you know, on Bentley, you know, from Saturday, you know, because uh, we saw him playing out on the left side, you know, this time. So a lot of times we've seen him on the right. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think, you know. He, they can play, these guys should be able to play either side. I mean, we've seen Gordon play either side. We've seen you know, Balmar play both sides. I, I'm not a big believer that you know guys can only play one side, especially how much you know, your teams you know, invert guys nowadays. You know, it's not really a thing. Uh, but look at how he was able to combine with Hornsby mm-hmm. you know, throughout. Look at how he was able to. You know, combine you know through the midfield with uh, you know Emmy and Neil, you know throughout the game. Look at you know how he was able to you know, get himself into the right spots, into space consistently, you know throughout that you know uh, you know first you know first half, first fifty minutes or you know so until things really started to just kind of get bunkered in essentially, right? He was doing everything right up until that point of. The final ball or final decision, and I and I know that's a, a massive until, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, piece of it, uh, but you know I think we saw from last year, we've seen from you know uh, even some other games you know this year that he has you know the skill and he has the quality you know, to be able to do you know make that final cross to be able to you know, finish effectively. Yeah, you know, he, he might be in a dry spot right now, but I think that part. Is something that can you know, come back a lot easier than it is to teach guys how to get into the right spots. Yeah, no, he does have the ability. I mean, look at the chance he had there uh, coming towards section O in the second half, where I think he beats his man, he gets right up to goal, and I think he's caught in between of whether or not to cross it because I think he sees uh, Belmar at the last second. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, yeah, oh, I cross it on a dead sprint to the back post. Yeah. But I think before that, I think he's trying to take the shot, and then he sees Belmar make that spread. He's like, "Oh, let me cross it," you know. So, yeah, so maybe right now he's probably in the dry spot. But I think like his his build up and whatnot to the final, like getting into those positions, were were key, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where when you say it out loud, it just sounds dumb. Like, oh, doing everything right until the last bit when the last bit is, you know, the money maker spot. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. I, you know, what we did have last year. I think he had what six goals last year. Six? I think so. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's going to get on the score sheet. We know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just right now. I think how he comes out of this dry spell, I think, will be good for the team sooner or later. Um, Matt, I've been doing a lot of talking. Let's get to you. What are some of your positives from this game, man? All right. So building a little bit on what we were just talking about, you had you know, kind of the build-up play, and I wanted to really highlight specifically the left side attack. You know, uh, you know that Hornsby and Bentley, and then you know Hornsby and Gordon combo out there. You know, it has been lethal for this team all all year. I think you know we, we saw a little bit when uh, you know Mike was out for you know those couple games. You know, Jake did a perfectly good job filling mm-hmm. in. You know, we talked about this before, like you know no fault of his own that he lost his spot when you know, Hornsby came back. It's just because Hornsby is, you know, it almost feels like he might be, you know, like the perfect vision for what, you know, Darren wants in an outside back. It's almost like if you take Payne and um, Stu from last year and merge them together, this is Maybe, what yeah. he wants. Right. Because I mean, the way he's able to just, you know, get the ball going, he, you know, driving forward with the ball, uh, and being able to still bounce that out, his defensive responsibilities. He's you know connect you know really building good connections with whichever players in front of him over there. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that we consistently look among our most dangerous when we are you know the ball is advancing off the left side, especially now that Neil's back mm-hmm. and we know he likes to shade a little bit you know more to the left. You know at times, you know that trio you know, coming up there, I think can you know potentially give uh, League One defenses you know. Quite a bit of worry and stress. Do you feel like Neil is still knocking off the rust of coming back? It felt like he yeah, wasn't I, as sharp as he was possibly. when he started the season. It's possible. I still think he 
did well because what I saw, you know, that Neil was doing that maybe we didn't get the same you know, thing you know, from you know, Justin or Zhao in that spot was that ability to get the ball and kind of just drive forward with yeah. it at times, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and even though Neil's not, I mean, we've talked about this before, he's not, you know, a burner necessarily. You know, he can be quick in those short spaces and really, uh, you know, take that, you know, five or six yards that the defense is giving them and take it with a quickness. Yeah. Right. So, um, all right. Any, I'm pretty sure you have more positives, sir. So yeah. So the, the other one, cause we're, we're trying to keep this to two, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I want, you know, again, this based off of uh podcast history, this one will end up you know, being a surprise, but you know, I feel like we need to you know, highlight, uh, you know, the quality of, you know, defending that, uh, you know, Simon was you know, doing on Saturday. Right. I kept on you know, finding myself, you know, yelling out, out great tackle, Simon, you know, good cover, you know, Simon, because Chad Nigo was going after him, you know, quite a bit. And he shut down everything you know, going down that side. And you had, you know, what a comment at, at one point. It's like, oh, yeah, that's grown man defending right there. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, he literally was like, I think that was what near. That was kind of like we were getting pinned in and Chattanooga was trying to build chances. And there's a ball that's going out. I think Simon literally just like gets in front of the guy, it slows him down, let the ball rolls out. And I was like, yo, that's that's like intelligent. That's grown man defender. That's, that's intelligent. Because most defenders in that situation that aren't experienced enough might have tried to engage in that duel and try to win the ball and, you know, kind of get stuck in. Where he's just like, yo, I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to push him out the way and let this ball to roll out and be smarter that way and get a goal kick versus you get stuck in your own corner flag, you know? And, I mean, we've seen the maturation of Simon Fitch. I feel like if there's any position in Richmond that Darren has had his – you can tell Darren has had his fingerprints on, it's the fullbacks. Mm -hmm. Like, every single year, you without a – Without a doubt, the fullback position has been the best position, a probably position year in, year out that has been upgraded every single year in Darren's system. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, I think even just going back to thinking, you know, roughly this time a year ago, like Simon got on the field, we were a little unsure <laughs> you know, about it. You know, he's you know he grew into that uh you know, left back role when you know Stu was injured. You know, last year, you know, slid over to the you know, right side, you know, you know during you know, Payne's you know, month of madness you know, that he had uh, and really solidified himself as a guy that's going to be on the field, you know, almost no matter what. And this year, I mean, he's made that right back spot, you know, his own. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you know, he's even come off yet this year. No. So there's been two players that have played every single game for Richmond and played all 990 minutes. Can you name the two? Well, obviously, we, you just told me one was Simon. Yeah. I mean, I imagine the other one has to be Ani then. Yep. Ani. Yeah. Those are the only two to play all 990 minutes. So, uh, also, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think there are five. Let me see. Make sure I, if I get this correct first before I blurt it out there. Um, no, there's four kickers. That have played in every single game so far this season. Can you name another two? Uh, Suko's one of them. Yep. Uh, going through the list, uh, Belmar. Yep. Yeah. Belmar's played eight hundred thirty-one minutes so far, and Suko has played nine hundred fifty. Yep. So if you look at it, you want to look like who's been the most. And it's kind of weird because, like, we talk about, like, impact players. Like, three out of four are three that we talked about constantly every week on the show about being, like, impact players. Like, they're the one who changed the game for better or worse. And it says, like, Ani, Fitch, Suka. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kind of just interesting to see in that forefront. I mean, it kind of makes sense, though, right? Like, you know, I mean, you, yeah. The guys who are most consistently on the field are probably most consistently on the field for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, so let's you know, kind of talk. We, if we're gonna talk about the good, we gotta talk about some of the negatives. Um, but I also want to before we talk about that, let's talk about how uh, Richmond 
um, well, not Richmond, um, it is Pride Month. And with Pride Month, um, the Kickers and the River City Red Army are doing a Pride Raiser. So if you're not familiar with what a Pride Raiser is, it's pretty much a fundraiser that supports um, an LGBTQ plus organization within your city. So the River City Red Army is partnering with Side by Side RVA. Um, I'm in charge of the Pride Raiser. And so far, um, based on the one goal that Emmy scored, we uh, have raised $109 so far. Um, it is nice to see. Like a lot of people have subscribed to it. I've um, I've made a pledge. You made a pledge. Yep. Camps made one. Um, Nate made one. I think there's a couple of other people out there. So why not? So I mean, there's um, a good number, and we're up over a hundred bucks yeah. right now. And it's not like anybody's, you know, throwing stupid money at it. Yeah, no, I would be kind of concerned. Like I think the highest I've seen is ten, and I, <laughs> I was like, all right, that's cool, because it's people that I know that would pay that ten per goal. Right. I'll be shocked. At now, if someone goes in there and put like 20, 25, I'll be like, oh, you sure? <laughs> um, no, the but, real the real takeaway is, thank God this team's not allergic to Pride Razor Month this time, because that was embarrassing. Yeah. I think, yeah, because we had to change the <laughs> saves. Yeah. Oh, man, that was, that was, yeah, so that was rough. So, okay, if you don't know what we're talking about, 2019 did the same thing. Uh, you know, I, don't, I have no idea what the number amount was. It doesn't matter what the number amount was because the team went 0 for June yeah. and goal scored. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So. Um, yeah, so right now we're off to a good start. Um, there's four more games in the month of June, so if you haven't already pledged, it's not too late. You can go ahead and still make a pledge. Um, the link will be down in our um, in the bio of this episode, and also you can find it on our social medias and River City. Uh, Red Army, so you can go find it there. But back to the game. Um, Hornsby, we t- got a chance to talk to him in post game uh, interview, and he made the comment about how he was a little frustrated with how deep the team was falling in. Um, he said, "You know, granted Chattanooga didn't really pose a threat, but it was like we didn't want to give them the opportunity to, you know, have the opportunity to score or give them any confidence." You know, he was like, "You know, we want to kind of snipe it out," and I understand what he was saying because it's like. You kind of felt this team. Now, granted, this is Darius Washington ball, where it's like, all right, we're up one nothing. We kind of know we're not gonna press. We're not gonna go up way too high up the field and give them an opportunity. But it did kind of feel like this team was kind of falling into a shell a little bit. It invited, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were you know, uh, you're talking you know, during the game, even before the second half started. Like, all right, you know, because. Everybody in uh, you know, Red Army area was very you know, excited. Like, all right, they're attacking down by us the second half for the first time all year. And yeah, of course, no action down to that in you know, for eighty percent of the half. And and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. We've talked about how you know this team is built on the defensive backbone, uh, and you know, they came through really strong. You mentioned it earlier. Chattanooga had one shot and goal the whole game, and that was a you know what I would say, not a weak header, but definitely not a dangerous header in stoppage time. Yeah, right? it was the good old Akira save. Like I think, like now I will say this: it's a lot better save than the. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the pink team. Um, that game, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I know I'm kind of taking the sidebar real quick. Yo, Darren was so like, yo, y'all need to come see this game. <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> I guess Madison and Fuego. If you haven't seen it, look at the highlights of it and. Uh, that good, <laughs> or was it? It was. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> helped us out. But yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to distract from your point. My bad. No, but I mean, overall, you know, the team was you know, sat in, stuck in. You know, your opinion you know, can vary on which word is the you know, more appropriate one. Yeah, you know, there to use, uh, and they can do it. But you know, we've seen from time to time. We've even seen it. You know, when the kickers are the ones you know, attacking and you know, trying to you know, get that goal back. Sometimes weird stuff happens. And so, you know, doing that with, you know, just a one nil, it can get a little nervy. It can get a little uncomfortable for those of us, you know, watching. Uh, it had been two nil. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Go for it. You know, all day, but would have liked to see a little bit more ball control, a little bit more, you know, you know, dictating the pace. Yeah. 
And it would have felt like, and like I said earlier, like it felt like if you had Zocler to fail at those moments, it felt like this game would have turned out differently. But Richard holds on for the one nothing win. Um, <clears throat> I think the other negative that I had, let me see, make sure I was correct in saying this. Yeah, um, I think we were talking about it before, but the decision making in the final third, especially in the second half, like it felt like the scene was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already talked about the Bentley chance, the one that, you know, he kind of gets stuck in two mods. The Belmar one, at first, when I first looked at it, like from our view, seeing it, I was like, Nilo Terzaghi got to get there if it is a chance. But it's not until you see it on the backside where it's like, Belmar makes the cross, makes the low cross across the box. And you can see Nils in position, but I think a Chattanooga defender gets like a toe on it, and it just slightly pushes it behind Neil. Whereas yeah, like the replay that, made it look a lot more forgiving to our guys than real time, where we're like, how how did they possibly not I, you know, yeah. at least get a shot on target there? <laughs> in real time, I was like, how this doesn't end up with the back of the net, you know? Yeah, but I mean, this kind of coincides with what I had for my other uh, pain point. It's just. The finishing, yeah, yeah, created plenty of chances of this game, and we, we've already you know, gotten close to you know, beating a dead horse on this, but should have been more than one you know, goal on the board for the kickers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the constant thing that everyone was talking about from Emmy, from Hornsby, from Darren. It felt like this even like, granted, you get a win, you get three points. You know, it's important, but you can see like they weren't satisfied with satisfied with that. Like it's it they were all kind of talking in the sense of like, we felt like we left something out there. Like we felt like we gave them a little seed of hope and made them feel like they were in the game. When, I mean, actually, when you go back and look at it, like this was a real comfortable win for Richmond. Like mm-hmm. I think we had a, what was the other game we had like this where Akira barely had a save and it just felt, I can't remember the game. Is that, I know it happened this season. Was it Omaha maybe? Uh, it might have been. Yeah, because that was the one where they had to, like, you know, like, the save of the game was at, like, you know, 50-yard bad cross. Oh, that... yeah, 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 yeah. It was that. <clears throat> but it just felt like it, – it, it felt as if, like, Richmond kind of just was like, all right, like, we know you're not going to get a good shot off on goal. And if you do get a shot off, you're going to have to get it through five or six people. So as long as we don't allow you to be one-on-one with Akira, you're not going to get anything off. And, you know, we already got our goal, so the pressure's not on us. Um, And, I mean, Audi did a great job as well. You know, Emmy – let's talk about Emmy real quick because I felt like Emmy's style of play is changing a little bit, and I think he's not being easily marked is what he was in the beginning of the season. Like, now you can see he's – dropping a little bit more deeper into midfield, helping out with the build-out. And like you said, making those passes out to the wings so he can make that run in behind. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it, he was already doing that you know, before. Uh, but I think what was different with Chattanooga is you know, they were a little less afraid to just foul him Yeah, at any point. So I think it made it a little bit more noticeable uh, that yeah, he was – getting fouled further back, you know, than normal that he was you know, getting himself like, you know, involved, you know, in our own half a little bit more. But I, I don't, personally, I think he's been doing that all along. He just flowed better you know, this time. Yeah. Um, and also this referee, um, slightly questionable fashion choice with the uh, long pre wristbands. Man's got a match. Yeah. <laughs> He did. Um, I think both sides can have some fair complaints because the yellow card of Trizaghi, I, I don't know. It felt, I don't know. It just felt petty. I mean, technically, from his point of view, it's the correct card to give because you know, he didn't, you know, you know, permit Emmy back on the field after that injury. But I can clearly see what happened. He, you know, I think Emmy saw, you know, the assistant ref, uh, you know, gesturing, and it looked like you know, go on. And I think the assistant ref was really saying he need to come back around to midfield. And that gesture looked, you know, they both looked like, you know, kind of, you know, come on. Yeah. Know, sort of thing. So he went on. And so I get it from the referee's perspective. I think Emmy might've, you know, been a little hard done by and, you know, he 
consider you know legal terms like entrapment sort of deal. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a very confusing uh, yellow card. Um, it was also a couple of weird, confusing decisions going around across League One. Um, definitely one with the team that we play uh, coming up in Northern Colorado. Um, so me and you were kind of talking about this game at the kickers game and just seeing the scoreline 2 2, uh, seeing how the game kind of flowed out. It just seemed as if, like, all right, Noko gets a draw on the road. They probably dominated. Lexington probably sneak one in. Not what happened. Um, I, you know, that goes one of those teams that we were talking about earlier, like, all right, who are probably the teams that kind of give you a little bit, you know, you want a little bit more defensive awareness against, um, my bad, uh, like Charlotte, NCFC, Nelko was wonderful. It seemed like this Nelko team might be able to be had, and it seems like if you're daring, let me ask this, do you try this midfield against them? Do you, do you try this midfield and be like, all right. Zaka, we're going to save you for the Fuego game. Let's try this midfield one more time and let's go with it. And it also seems like Dakota might be coming back. Do you try possibly try to throw Dakota in this? Uh, I, I definitely put Zaka back in, okay. you know, playing away, especially because it's going to be two games in four days and, you know, three in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you save a guy who didn't play on Saturday for the following Saturday when there's a midweek game. Yeah. Uh, you put him in there, you know, it allows – you know, one of the other guys, you know, to the rest, whichever one you think needs it the most. Uh, Noko, they can put up, you know, some numbers you know, this year. Uh, you look at, you know, their matches, you know, their last, uh, you know, ever since they played us, you know, they've gone two goals, two goals, two goals, four goals, two goals. Yeah. They can score. They can score. Yeah, so I – yeah, their defense you know, is still pretty solid, but you know, they can, as we saw you know, on Saturday, they can be had a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of the tougher you know, away games of the year. They're, you know, it's going to be a fully artificial you know, surface. They're at you know, their new, new, new stadium <laughs> you know, right now. So I think they've only played once there so far. So you know, hard to say what to really expect yeah. you know, out of that. Uh, but it's a long road trip and, you know, it's, you know they're going to go straight from Colorado to California. And you, I think this is one where if you can get a draw, you take the draw and you know, really focusing on, you know, getting that three at you know, Fuego. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that doesn't seem like uh, a bad thing. It kind of seems like the way how Richmond season is kind of going so far. It's kind of like win, draw, win, draw, all loss, draw, win. You kind of seem like that so far. Um, I think the the important thing to look at in this game is one, um, kind of seeing what Darren's going to do with the winger spot. Um, because I'm pretty sure, you know, we all know Arthur. What is it? I'm trying Rogers. to. I was, yeah, I want. I don't know why I want to say Arthur Brown, Arthur Rogers, whoever's up against on him, up against him on his side. I'm pretty sure Darren's going to go for more of a defensive winger in that spot to make sure, you know, I'm pretty sure he's not going to try to put like Gordon against him because Gordon is going to get up high. Maybe it's Bentley, maybe it's Belmar just to be a little bit more defensive starting on that side. And then also keep an eye out on um, Ammon, you know, their striker. Uh, I think right now is the golden boot leader in USL League one. I'm I'm confident enough with, you know, Ani and Cole. I I think it'll still be Chris at least on Wednesday, and you know, maybe we'll see Dakota on Saturday. Maybe Dakota's on the bench on Wednesday, and yeah. you know, see if you can get him, you know, a few minutes to get back up to it. But I, I believe in our defense against a striker. Yeah, right. I, you know, the Rogers thing. I hear what you're saying. You know, you could make the argument. You know, play Gordon and you know, play a little bit of game of chicken. Hey, you want to push up? We'll put our biggest burner out there, and uh, you know. Dare you to you know leave him a little bit, or you know, dare you to you know, shade uh, you know the center backs over a little bit more to provide that extra help. Yeah. So it depends on how Darren wants to play it. There's pros and cons to each method. Yeah, it's kind of like a chess match. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see how that goes because I think I think the last time they played here wasn't it a red card in that game when Noko played here early in the season. Was there? I don't think so. Because I remember Rodgers uh, had to play center back in the second half, and it was kind of just like 
even kill kind of game because I remember it ended now. Now, well done. Looking up, I know last year somebody got sent off, but yeah, or maybe it was an injury. One of the two. Follow you. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't. I don't see a red card in a note. So it might have been an injury. I might have just been thinking of it was an injury because I remember Rogers sliding in the center back. Um. So yeah. Okay. So that works. Um. So I think what this game is late. <laughs> I think it was like nine. I think we're recording right afterwards. So listeners, if you got any questions, uh, let us know because we're recording right afterwards. Uh, this game, and then what Saturday game with this Fuego is another late one. Later, yeah, yeah, later. Uh, I don't think they're doing a watch party for this. It was just like, you know, it's ten o'clock. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, some people might be asleep. Um. So that will be that. And then we got the Hitty Derby. So we got a report of week of games coming up where if you walk out of this with the next two games, let's say with seven points, six points, you know, you're pushing yourself up there to the the top of the table and creating some space. Because I think there's a little gap right now between first, second, and third. And then you kind of got like a little middle pack and then obviously bottom of the table. Yeah, we're, we're starting to stretch out, you know, over some of the, you know, your Greenvilles and your Omahas, you know, right now, five behind North Carolina and Charlotte. Charlotte's played one more. Yeah. No coach throwing it off a little bit because they played so many fewer games than everybody else. Uh, but we're, we're right there, you know, you go on a little bit of a streak and, you know, pressure's going to be right, right on the uh, teams from North Carolina, you know, to have to m- match every move that we make. Yeah. So... Um, Matt, any I think that I think we pretty much covered everything, right? Anything else? Probably anything worth covering. Yeah, probably everything worth covering. Um, so let's go ahead, let's move into our top threes for today for yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can wrap it all up, buddy. So I'll pass it on over to you. All right. So we got our top three. I'll I'll lead us off this week. You know, prepped it in advance. Uh so I'm going to go uh, one. To th- I want to mix it up. You know, start with three and work, work my uh, start with the ones. Work my way up to the threes this time around. Okay. You know, build a little bit of suspense. You know, for uh, it all. <laughs> uh, so give my one point to Hornsby. Uh, we've, we've talked about it, you know, quite a bit. He's, you know, I think a real game changer for us at left back. He was really impacting uh, the attack, making good defensive contributions. Good game all around. Yeah. Uh, a two goes to Emmy. You, know, you score a game winner. You score the only one. That's going to get you some credit to begin with. And then, you know, I thought he had a you know, good all around game. I'm glad that he seems to, you know, look healthy because, uh, you know, when he took that knock around like the seventy fifth minute, at first I was like, all right, that's nothing. And then he stayed down. And then he stayed down. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was kind of scared. I think like, I even yelled out. I was like, Emmy, if you need my decap, you can have it. I'm not using it. Yeah, I mean, I'd offer mine, but I don't think there's actually be an upgrade even if his were you know completely busted. <laughs> Uh, so he, he got my two, and then uh, you know, mentioned earlier as one of my positives, you know, giving Simon my three because I don't think he put a foot wrong all game. Yeah. Um. So for me, let's see. I start off with my. I start off with my one. Uh, one point I will give to Justin. Um, played Zaka's role, played it about as well as you can play it. Like for someone that's probably never played that role before, and honestly. I'm trying to think of the la- oh no Dakota played it started last season but outside of that I don't think anyone played it for a while um, so I'll give Justin a one for that um, two I will give it uh, to Emmy scoring a goal whether by hand or, or by foot he scored it um, so he definitely know. scored with his foot yeah definitely nobody's nobody is disputing that he scored with his foot <laughs> um, so I'll give Emmy my two and then my three. Um, this might be a little surprise to some, but I will give it to Chris Cole. And the reason why I would give it to Chris Cole is because even though he had the, the weird header going back, I think if you take that play out of it, I think if you take because even at the end, like even the press conference, I was like, Chris, that header, he, he even knew it. He was like, Yeah, you're right, you're right. A little um, uh, heart attack inducing, a little heart attack inducing. I think if you take that play out of it. I, you can't ask for a better game for Chris Cole. Like, he completely shut down their center back, even to the point where I think it freed up Ani. 
Like, it allowed Ani to go into the midfield and kind of help clean that out and able to hold a lot more of the pressure up the field um, for Richmond and whatnot. And just how Chris Cole has came into the situation. And I'll once again, I'll say it again. The the Cleveland um, soccer club game, I had some real concerns. Like, this is going to be mm-hmm. our third choice center back. I have real concerns because if he's struggling with this team and giving up these goals, what is he going to do against USL League with opposition? And since then, he has completely did a 180. He's played a lot better, a lot more control. And talking with Dakota after the game and how, you know, Dakota's been out with injury, but Dakota's just been really working with him on it. Just being controlled in his game and also, like, it's okay to want to take the fight to the attacker, but don't let that dictate how you play. Yeah. You know, and – You've seen, I've really been impressed with Chris Cole um, and how he's played so far. So I'll give him my three points for this game because I saw that one header. He had a good game. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So there we go. Yeah. One one more game down. Uh, We got, what, 21 to go? There you go. Still got a long season ahead of us. (laughs) I was looking at the schedule. Uh, No off weekends until Labor Day. Ooh, there we go. There so you go. so. Yeah, plan your vacations buddy. accordingly, people, because yeah. uh, we got to keep these five Ks up even through the summer. Yeah, it's got, you know, vacations are great. Do it on away weekends. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. In. <laughs> That's how I do it. I make my vacations uh, outside of my anniversary. Uh, I I try to because like this weekend I'll be on vacation to a concert because it's an away game and I can watch it on my phone, which I'll be doing anyway. Um, and it also helps the game doesn't start till 10. So that works. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so for Matt, anything else from you, my good man, before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, you just need to you know, give a hand to the boys for getting the job done. Yeah, exactly. Got the three points by uh, hand or by foot. And I think that's all that matters. Yeah. I would take it. Especially just Chattanooga. Getting one against Chattanooga. I feel like uh, our, our biggest, our, if you ask anyone in Richmond, like the three biggest rivals, quote unquote, for Richmond are uh, Madison, Chattanooga. Is it fair to throw Tormenta in there? Like, I feel like Tormenta and Greenville kind of flip flop sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, maybe Greenville a little bit more, but maybe. Huh. But definitely Chattanooga and Madison. Like, those two games we circle and we're like, all right, we, we got to get points from these. So. Yeah. Next next time out, yeah, yeah, the big one. Right, right. There we go. All right. So, for that being said, listeners, as always, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our show. Because without you, we couldn't do this. So, with that being said, make sure if you want to keep up to date with all things Richmond Kickers, go to RiverCity93.com. Follow there, subscribe there, um, get the latest podcasts, articles, uh, top thirty list, all this fun stuff. We got some other cool things coming around. Maybe we got a top five list of the best kickers players in USL League One history. Who knows? Um, but with that being said, for Matt, for myself, we will holler at you guys Wednesday. So, adios. Up the roofs. <laughs>